Long past the hour for quitting labour, amid the smoke-filled haze of the south gate, the after-lodge crew continues to linger in the rubbish of the temple, under the watchful eyes of right-worshipful Grand Censor Bob. Not recognised nor endorsed by any grand or subordinate lodge of regular masons, irregular masons, co-masons, Canadian masons, or internet wannabe masons, they banter on as always. Puffing cigars, drinking stale coffee, making terrible jokes, studying agency law, spreading the intemperance and excesses of digital masonry, and generally disappointing all seven of their podcast subscribers. Do yourself a favour and stop listening now. Only trolls and masochists dare to eavesdrop upon this after-lodge banter. Welcome to episode 220-something. Um, more on that in a moment. Of the after-lodge podcast. <laughs> oh, wait, are we actually Podcasting from the after-lodge command center, also known as my basement. Joined, as always, by Worshipless producer Bruce. You... you- you know, like, nobody can see what you're looking at. All everybody watching can see is just the blank wall behind you, right? Yes. Okay. I, if, I, if I turn the camera, they'll, they'll see too much. <laughs> um, especially since, you know, during the pre-show, my children came gallivanting down the stairs in the <laughs> And, uh, cause my boy learned to use the potty today. And so he's been around naked and I guess his sister in solidarity thought it would be funny. And then it was like, kids, I'm broadcasting on the internet. Don't come over here. And like, here they come. And I couldn't find the, the turn the camera off button. I got it eventually. <laughs> yeah. Nothing um, was showing, but boy, it sounded hilarious. Jeez. So, uh, John is back. Hi folks. After a uh, hiatus, the reason I said episode 220-something is because we did record for a little while last week without John, and and it was bad. For us, bad, which is like the worst kind of bad. (laughs) Um, And I was going to throw out a motion to... uh, to delete last week's uh, recording. I'm not even going to call it a show. Since John's back and we can, you know, do something do something good. Yay! Yay! I like, I'm, I'm here to help you out while I drink sake and play uh, Wii Golf. Oh, Wee. good. <laughs> Don't uh, you like stand to play Wii Golf and, like, swing your arms and stuff? I am. It looks if to me you... like... I elevated my uh, mic stand. Oh. If you can't figure out how to play Wii games without moving anything more than your wrist, you're not playing them right. It's the best game I've heard all week. I raised my mic stand. I'm raising mic stands and using my wrists. It's it's a gift. Uh, Hey, (laughs) Jeff, uh, as always. Mm Mm-hmm. Stalwart of the After Lodge podcast, and uh, uniquely this week, <laughs> someone else. Oh, we don't have Scotty because he had better things to do. It's funny, because on, Tony. Tony. Well, I mean, I got to say, if I had the opportunity right now, I'd be out too. But yeah, I, yeah, I've seen you since. 
That night it put a couple holes in Harlan's new wall. Uh-huh. Jeff, they were talking to me, and you interrupted. So uh, let's let, 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 oh, I'm let, sorry. Let, I'm sorry, sir. We will start uh, your time you? over, Tony. You <laughs> All right. Uh, I, I'll save my comments to, to the end. There's a particular reason I'm back, and I think that we're all going to have to join together and make sure that this uh, atrocity, abomination does not continue. So we'll um, – I, I'm hey, really. Who's joined the tribe? No, I'm oh. <laughs> really. I have a hard time being part of a terrorist outfit. So, and I love America. So you're in the wrong. Aren't industry. you? Aren't you a member of the Sons of the American Revolution? The Patriots, yeah, the Minutemen. <laughs> Got it. Also, you should probably go ahead and just immediately recuse yourself of this podcast, then, if that's. <laughs> I found out today I was doing work on a home computer. I hadn't been on my home computer very much. And a, no- a notification popped up from Facebook. And it happened to be from a Masonic group. And I found out today that there is actually. I hope everybody's sitting down for this. There's actually a Muslim <laughs> mason up in Pennsylvania. I'm sorry, wait, did, did you say a Muslim? A Muslim, yeah. <laughs> I, I see how shocking. Well, how about that? It, it caused you to choke up. Everybody knows that masonry was founded uh, by King James, uh, by the Baptists. And, um, <laughs> and for us to lower our standards and actually let religion... Uh, a, a different religion come into masonry, I think, is we're going to have to put a stop to it or we're going to have to break off and call them irregular. Hey, hey Tony, you, you, I don't know if you are aware of this. You know, you've got the, all the refugees that are trying to come over and stuff. Did you know that they're now teaching uh, children in school Arabic numerals? What's your opinion on that one? Arabic numerals? No, I, I will stay with my Christian numerals uh, forever. I will never switch over to Arabic or Arabic or whatever. Numeral. Arabic. Yeah, Arabic. <laughs> There's no way I'll use the Arabic numerals. Um, I will not eat any Arabic ice cream. No. You know, I love all our listeners, but you know, there's that one slow brother that listens to us. It's just blowing his shit right now. Yeah. <laughs> He's all over the internet. It's shtick. So, yes, we're not really making your kids learn Arab numerals. That's there you go. That's America. It's American numbers. Yeah. That's uh. <coughs> you, got a, you got Roman numerals and you got American numerals. It's funny that that you mention all these uh, Baptists running Freemasonry. Now, the Baptists are the ones with the with the little skull caps, right? Uh, <laughs> what, what I'm thinking, Muslims wear the whole turban, right? They they wrap their whole head up. Mm-hmm. Like so, Lawrence of Arabia? And so what I figured out through my research and my studies is that a skull cap is like Muslim light. Is that correct? That would be... <laughs> Uh, in your study, you say, <laughs> what I'm driving at 
No, see, Tony, the, the purpose of the turban is to block the sand from blowing in their face. When they're in non-sand blowing areas, they just wear the, the small cap. That makes sense. That that truly makes sense. Wait, wait so you guys know the Pope is a Muslim? He's got one of those hats. No, his is pointy. He's he's like <laughs> not a little Jess. I've missed being on the show. So, so Tony, I I'm glad you mentioned you've been studying up on it because that might explain the photo that my wife has of you wearing one of those Muslim white hats. What? I don't know where she got that from. But... Tony, have you been lying to us this whole time? I think Tony, been... you are our chaplain. He's been trusting you. I was doing some Jewish research. And... <laughs> <laughs> oh, Christ. And I'll have you know, that this, and, this, and this is the God's honest truth. I went to a Jewish home for a Seder dinner. I put on a Jewish skull cap, a hat, or whatever, skull cap. And two days later, a snake crawled into their house and tried to eat their children. Well, that's where I'm going now. <laughs> that is the God's honest truth. Tony, Tony, Tony took the devil upon me. Is that not the truth, Harlan? That really is. Um, yeah, so so to recap, away from the stick, wow. uh, Tony and his family came over at the uh, end of Passover for or, uh, well, my daughter's Passover. Note self. And um, had a good time. Uh, we killed an entire jug of Mogan David wine. Oh, God. Terrible wine. But time out. Time out. For a lot of people that don't know, the Jewish Seder is actually a drinking game. <laughs> Basically. Um, why is tonight different from all the others? I know now, but I won't remember in the morning. Yeah. So uh, we did that. And then this week, uh, I guess it was Monday night. Because um, I have a garage now, which... Used to be, I did car stuff in my driveway because it was all I had, and it was only during the day because you know you can't see after that. But now I have a garage with lights and music, and it's a good time. So I'm out in my garage, I had the doors open because uh, the weather's kind of nice, and I'm working on my car, just oil changed, and I'm up under there working the oil filter. And I feel something tickling in the corner of my shoe. And I think it's, I, I live up next to the woods, like three feet away. So I figured it was like one of those bugs or something that's crawling everywhere. So I kicked at it and went back to, to loosening the oil filter. And then it tickles again. So I pull my head back out to look. And up on my hip, I, uh, let's see if this works. I had this guy saying hello to me. His name is Pete. Insert picture of snake. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. So, I don't know if you guys can see that, but there he is. That's Pete. Um, I didn't know it was Pete when I first saw him. Um, so, oh, so um, he told you his name. Well, I definitely squealed um, much higher pitch than my daughter. <laughs> to a uh, And my neighbor was walking out to his car and uh, 
after I realized what the snake was, and then like I go to try to find a, something to guide it back outside. He's a friendly little guy. He wanted to be close to me. I think because I was warm. Um, I mentioned to my neighbor what happened because he asked if I'm okay. And then right about that time, the snake slipped behind the garage door and up into the wall. <laughs> and I'm like, uh-oh. Can't tell my wife the snake is in the wall. Um, it's probably about four feet, if, for those of you that are going to be in an audio format. Uh, just like a corn snake or a milk snake. I don't know how to tell the difference. Bruce, which one is that? I think it's a corn snake. Okay. It's some kind of rat snake. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, Mostly. I, I didn't know that when I first <clears throat> saw it, because, you know, when you're <laughs> changing you your oil... out like Beverly Sills? <laughs> yeah. So my neighbor says, I don't know what to do. Uh, let me go ask my wife. That's more of her thing. And he briskly walks back into his house. Now, this isn't relevant to the rest of the story, uh, but that son of a bitch never came back out. <laughs> <laughs> um, good to know that if I'm ever in trouble, don't count on that particular neighbor for anything. So eventually he came back out and then, you know, I coaxed him out into the woods and he was friendly. He let me pet him. Um, at, not not at first. He was very squeamish, but then he's pretty cool. I can see why people keep these as pets, this particular kind. Um, so I told everybody his name was Pete. I had sent this picture to my wife who was upstairs asleep. And she woke up at some point and starts screaming about burn it down. And <laughs> uh, and then I, of course, sent it to the guys in our After Lodge Google Hangout. Because it's a singular occasion that you're changing your oil and just need a snake. I never thought about the fact that I had Tony in my house for a religious occasion. And so maybe God is... Or someone else is trying to send me a message. But uh, it's a fun, fun story. And now my wife won't like go into the garage without turning all the lights on and skimming around. Um, she's quite distraught about it. I also have a mole problem in my front yard. And so I'm definitely not going to kill anything that may... Uh, May help him with the mole problem. Yeah. Uh, let's see. So anyway, Tony, thank you for sending the serpents upon me. The the best thing about that though, and it, it won't transfer well to the podcast, but the world's funniest text smell chain happened that night. If you were reading the text messages between and Harlan and the, my family and, and everybody. It was the most hilarious text message. I yeah. had to show y'all at Lodge, but that was <laughs> I was rolling on the floor laughing. My wife is asking Tony's daughter to come get her because she can't get out of the house because her car is in the garage and the snake is in the garage. And she needs someone to come get her. She did call her father who yelled at her, so that was reassuring. <laughs> I thought I raised you better than this. Because, you know, my wife uh, ostensibly is out from BFE where the rest of us are from. Um, although you'd never know it with her aversion to pests and critters. 
So basically, this was the first plague that was yeah. sent upon us uh, for me wearing the skull cap. I have learned my lesson. I've made my peace with God. Now back. To I, don't, the I don't think thing. so, buddy. The, the snake is uh, the snake's on his way to visit you now. There, there's three different types of snakes that I do not like. Those are live snakes, dead snakes, and sticks that look like snakes. So, and I will kill any one of them that I see. So. Uh, ever, ever since the original sin, and that snake gave Eve and Adam uh, gave Eve an apple. It's all been downhill. So the best thing to do is there are no good snakes. Kill them all. How are you gonna hate on a snake, man? He's the one who who first told men that women could be naked. He's the one that created disobedience to God. Back to this Muslim thing. Can, y'all hear, can you hear me okay? I wish we couldn't, but have, yes. Okay. I'm telling you all, you're not hearing me or listening. There is a Muslim in Pennsylvania that's a member of the lodge. He left masonry because some of the good brothers were talking bad about him on Facebook about his culture and his religion and all that. And it made him feel uncomfortable. And you know, the grand master called him and asked him to come back to masonry and he did it. Now, how messed up is that? Well, yeah, he was the grand caliphate of the Sharia, right? I mean, you didn't want a whole appendant body to collapse. Did you? Okay. I'm going to cut the stick right now. That was one of my proudest moments when I found out that the Grandmaster called him and said, hey, we accept people of all faiths, all colors, all creeds. As long as you're a good man, that's what we accept. And um, that, that actually, to me, was the basis of masonry. So, Yeah, that was a good move so, by the Worshipful Brother there. So it was. I don't know yes. about Tony's characterization about good men exclusively. Um, we do have Bruce, so... <laughs> Men in need of a little help. Bruce is a good man. He, uh, he he's got a steady job. He works great. Uh, the guy I'm worried about is the half drunk golf player that we've got there. <laughs> that, that can't that, that can't pull himself away enough from the golf game. He thinks he's a white Tiger Woods. Um, <laughs> more of a moose Woods, I guess. I don't know. Hey, uh, hey! Speak, uh, speaking of a white tiger, speaking of a white tiger woods, Harlan, who's you know this progressive guy and all that, he's the only guy in our lodge that actually moved to this. Every town has this one section, okay? Progressive. Any city, if you go into any city, you go into any city in any country in this nation. There's the bad side and the good side, and they always call the good side. Anyway, Harlem moved to a point, to, to a city, a part of our town, where the only colored people that come into that town are, are early in the morning and late in the afternoon to leave and to, to come to work and to leave cleaning houses and stuff. That's where you moved to. <laughs> you know, you racist SOB. <laughs> okay, first off, um, where I live, uh, we, we have... We have Caucasian people who do the landscaping. I bet you pay you through the nose for it, too. <laughs> I, I'm on my own. In a rich part of town, when, when you move to where white people do your landscaping. Yes. 
Uh, also, secondly, is I, I'm not here by choice. Um, if you could have heard the belly aches, because it's the first of the month, I just made the first mortgage payment on this monstrosity that I now live in. Oh, you poor bastard. If you saw the tears that are, they're still staining my desk, actually. Um, you would know that I'm not here by choice. I was, I signed that mortgage under duress. <laughs> the first time I went to his house, I said, why are there two kitchens? And he said, well, one is the servant's kitchen. So just, just to let you know how this, what this house is like. So I don't, I don't think it's quite that bad, but funny. Um, it's not Harlan. It's not funny. No, it's not funny. Um, no, I, I'm trying to find fun here, and I'm just not finding any. <laughs> Yesterday only- I could have had more funny, but now with the money I, I I'm paying on this mortgage, uh, only 359 of those to go. By the way, um, the, the only difference in the house you're living in. I ought now, to have the only difference in the house you're living in now and plantations of old are the fact that for servants, you use masons. You have masons moving your property. You got masons painting your house. You got masons <laughs> doing everything. So that's the only difference now. Well, I mean, I they earn their corn, wine, and oil. <laughs> so, but seriously. Come, come put a roof on my house. Hey, I pay my dues. I pay my dues. Put a roof on my house. That's that's Harlan's motto. Yeah, but we raised dues, weren't you there? I did pay the guys who put a roof on my house, Bernie. I paid them quite handsomely. Um, no, Tony, he has us do the floors first. The roof. Yes. Is now the floors. I. That was a different time, though, Bruce. I was a starving college kid and needed help. Yeah. Uh-huh. I, I really was. I was working on. Uh, I was actually working on my the the law school equivalent of a dissertation. So that whole week, like I moved everything out of my house and I'm camped out there. And during the day, we're putting floors in, and then at night, I'm over at the lodge because I had to haul all my computer stuff over there. So at night, I'm working on this paper, and then I sleep in the back of the U-Haul in the driveway before everybody shows up the next morning to do more floors. I will forever be indebted to all of you for your assistance then. And by all of you, I, of course, mean none of you. As- for, for, for the record, I, I had no part of that. <laughs> <laughs> like, Jason, Jason's not either. How are y'all still making me feel bad for this? <laughs> because uh, the guilt is carried. It is. But if I, I tried telling the wife, if we still lived in, in the after lodge town, with the money that I'm spending to live here, we could actually have servants to use the servants' kitchen. <laughs> and um, chauffeured cars. Yes. I, I, I could have had a Bentley. Oh, man, that would have been sweet. I mean, it would have been mean, a, had a garage to park it in, but you would have had one. Uh, well, so so my neighborhood was the kind of, yeah, that's true. I got a lot of I got a lot of uh, rueful looks when I was when I was driving that Mercedes for a while, because you know it kind of drags down the neighborhood when you have nice cars and not a garage to put them in. <laughs> um, I, I, actually, I would rather see the looks on your neighbors' faces when a redneck from the Pikey Mountain area was moving over to the Richie Snotty area. Kind of like us. <laughs> We rolled in with all my furniture tied on the top of my car, blasting the Jefferson's theme song all the way into the subdivision. 
Approved. Yes. Um, as I've been reminding my family for the past couple months that we've been here, that you can take the boy out the trailer park, yada, yada, yada. I still am who I am. So, speaking of that, you know they got motorized scooters in Atlanta? At a trade show in Atlanta, and me, the angry chaplain, was actually scooting all around Atlanta on a motorized scooter. Those are the most awesome things in the world. If you don't, if your city doesn't have them yet, you need to get them. No, no, no. You stop pitching that. No, you do not. Tony, I know that you're on the payroll of, of our Democratic mayor here in our major urban area who's pushing that nonsense, and you stop it. We have those here already. No, we've got the stupid bikes that nobody ever puts back in the rack because... No, we've did. got the scooters. Uh, I've, I've, oh, that's right. seen, they did I've seen them out by the, the yeah, birds yeah. or whatever, that would, depending yeah. on which you company yeah, that. We got these rental bikes that nobody ever puts back. Because if you don't put them back, it charges you like an extra dollar or something. So people like ride them to wherever they're going and just pile them up on the side of the street. <laughs> and then now well, we've got to pay people to go get them and put them back on the racks. And the cost of paying those people is far more than any kind of revenue that you're going to generate from the damn bikes. You yep. see, that's, the scooters are awesome because they, you literally just drop them wherever you want to get off the scooter at. And so you, I ride around Atlanta on a scooter. When you get to where you're going, I was there for you a You just leave show. it. You just leave it. And then when you come out, you got an app, and it shows you where all the scooters are. And I'm actually a connoisseur. There's the bird scooter. There's the lift scooter. And the lift scooter has a little bit more power. I noticed going up hills that I didn't have to assist the scooter as much as I did the bird. Hmm. Now going down hills, I'd fly like the wind. But well, that's because gravity's your friend going downhill, Tony. <clears throat> Jason's older son uh, Avery broke his wrist riding one of those scooters when he went over some gravel. The funnier part mm. is his girlfriend was riding one, and she went over it first, and she was fine. And then he went over it and like went ass mm. over handlebars upside down <laughs> into the fucking gravel, which I was like, okay, yeah, wait, wait, wait. it's, it's Jason's kids, so of course that would happen. Was this one of the city scooters? Yeah. Is he suing them? Oh, the lawyer's kicking in. No, he <laughs> drove it into gravel. Right. Hey, y'all, I gotta make a phone call. I'll be back. <laughs> Harlan, you know what explicitly says on there it has to be paved road that you drive that on, right? Yeah, they all say that. Good luck with that. <laughs> Irrelevant. <laughs> I'm going to get me a piece of the pie. Yeah, it uh, also probably says on an iron, don't use as a telephone, but I'm sure he'd go ahead and... It's reasonably foreseeable. Uh, and it's reasonably foreseeable that Drunk people or buffoons are gonna take the public scooters. Oh, he wasn't drunk. Uh, I <laughs> uh, well, guess that leaves the other category not doing it. Uh, uh, uh-uh. <laughs> but you like you, you've met the like you know the kid. It's, know. it's exactly something that he would do. I know. I, I'm seeing it play out in my head over and over again, mm-hmm. and so you're right. I'm not gonna get any money out of the city on this one. <laughs> Hey, uh, Bruce, you want to go ride a scooter while I while I film and randomly <laughs> roll out 
marbles and ball bearings and yeah. axle grease. I'll tell you what, I, I feel like I have a better eye for film. How about we swap roles? Um, and yes, let's go do that. Well, because I can't do anything then, athletic. Well, what? How is okay? It's it's a motorized scooter, John. I've met the man. I'm saying that I can't represent myself in the subsequent lawsuit. No, what Scotty from the block was saying is that your people are not known for their athleticism. Uh, that's John, Tony. Scotty yeah. from the block is is not here. I'm I'm the other skinny white guy with glasses. Also, it's all about twenty years difference between them. Don't worry about it. That's racist, also, sir. That sir is racist, dude. dude I just I now realized know. something. I just now realized something. We don't. That's not Scott. We don't have any people of color on our podcast. So I think next week I'm going to show up in blackface. That way. <laughs> that's, that's a brilliant idea. That way we can. Oh my God. Look at the time. I got to go. <laughs> brilliant idea. I appreciate your effort to promote harmony and diversity within the crowd. As many people of color as our fraternity um, does. Back to the athleticism <laughs> comment. I will have you know that my people invented Krav Maga. And I am a fantastic golf miniature golf player. And hmm. right okay. off the windmill. Putt putt is, is a sport. Damn name you. the top Jewish athlete. <laughs> Bill Goldberg. Um there there's gonna be a baseball player somewhere, but I the one who owns all the athletic teams. I don't follow baseball that closely, but uh, <laughs> Bill Goldberg, the world's biggest Jew. Just saying. Uh, Sandy Koufax. Really, Jeff? The, the, like the best serious answer you could come up with was 60 years ago? I googled Jewish athletes and gave you the first <laughs> name that popped up. <laughs> okay. Who on point. the podcast has seen the original airplane? Oh, yeah. I've got this nice little pamphlet here on Jewish oh, yeah. license. And to be fair, if you really want to figure out a good Jewish sportsman, basically fire up Adam Sandler's Hanukkah song because I think he pretty much covers it. Mm. Rod Carew, hey, I set myself up for that one. (laughs) I was, I was looking for Israeli medalists in the Olympics, and there should be a few. I found a few, but they're well. Never mind. So I just had an idea, Harlan. How about we just yep. get Avery because he'll probably just do it again. Yeah, but a jury's going to see this, and then we're going to lose. He can make it look like he didn't do it the first time the exact same way. Oh, you mean this? This, this podcast? No, I mean like whatever film we take. Like they're they're just going to see him and then be like, mm-hmm. <laughs> they wouldn't have to watch the video. We'll just be like, y'all look at the. Well, no, dismissed. Yeah, whatever it is. Why are you men putting that orangutan on a scooter, Mister Foreman? What are you doing out here? You're supposed to be deliberating. Uh, we're done, Your Honor. <laughs> you just went back there two seconds ago. Yeah, I did ride quite a bit of scooters when I was in downtown Atlanta, and so I followed the Atlanta news channels the following week just to see if there was a problem with the rear axles or the axles. <laughs> I'm thinking they're going to have a recall because they're not going to understand why all the axles are broke on all their scooters. 
I mean, we're talking the home of Coke. It's probably an ongoing issue for them. Well, I was just thinking, yeah. You um, mean the soda? Tony's probably not. I meant the literal company Coca-Cola. Oh, okay. You got my hopes up for a second. It's where the Coke Mm -hmm. bottling plant is. There's a a lot of um, people of stature, I think, in Georgia. Yeah. It's the only place. I've got a guy that works for me. Uh, Jeff knows him or works with me. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, his wife is addicted to Tab Soda. You remember Tab Mm. Soda? Oh, man. (laughs) They still make that? Well, exactly. Did that violate the Geneva Convention? And so so we figured when we went to Atlanta, the home of Coke, that Uh Coke would be easy to find. Well, it's not. We literally went to about 15 different locations looking for tab and we finally brought we finally found some and we brought back like 15 cases for so was it right next to the betamax tapes yeah (laughs) so where does she find tab normally i want to know because they might have surge oh god i have no idea my heart is seizing up at the thought of surge (laughs) right (laughs) oh Oh come on, y'all! <laughs> oh no, it's had a can of surge and and uh, uh, oh, what's the tricks? Not tricks. What's the one mar- with the marshmallows? Marshmallow cereal, Lucky yeah. Charm. Lucky Charms. Surge and Lucky Charms. Charm. Lucky. No, 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 you 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 pour the surge in the Lucky Charms. Top it there off with a few pixie sticks. No, nope. No, I'm. What uh, is wrong yeah. with you, heathens? I'm reflecting on my childhood of like those little boxes. There's a reason I have the beatus. <laughs> Best breakfast ever. First off, I'd like to say that because you mentioned surge with the same amount of like kind of in the same context as your childhood, I'd like to say kiss my ass because I drank that in the army. <laughs> John, you're a couple years older than me, buddy. Yeah, yeah, I I remember that. So, were you like a teenager when Thundercats was a thing? No, that was uh, oh. pre 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 teenish, maybe. Okay, I'd have to think, and I didn't watch it because no, it was probably a little after your time. I watched Thundercats when I was young, but I was like super young. Yeah, yeah. See, if I was gonna watch tunes, I was obviously more of a like Looney Tunes guy. So mm-hmm. speed. All right, you're not Tex Avery old. We all watch Looney Tunes. My kids watch Looney Tunes. That's not a barometer of age. Like, I'm talking like, also, I'm talking like Animaniacs and like. I love some Animaniacs. Yeah, I watched it in high school. Oh, yeah, no, I was in. Don't judge me. Well, it's not that far off. I don't. That was an awesome show. I was going to say it's not that far off because I watched Animaniacs in like late middle school, but then I remember that show was on for like 10 years, so. Really? It was home for a long time. God, I gotta get that in box set. Anyway. Yes. Uh, my wife is fretting about the snake again. It's just in the walls and nesting and creating a family. Just leave it alone. Mrs. Is Harlan, just think of it this way. It's a belt with a smile. <laughs> Pete! Pete's gonna help me kill off these moles, which are the actual danger. Pete's not gonna I mean, hurt like- you. Those moles are gonna snap your ankle. 
Seriously, all that snake is going to do is eat pests that are going to potentially otherwise be in your house. Would you rather have that or, or, or in your yard? Creating well, guess- critters that you can't see because they're like Vietnamese traps and then you <laughs> fall in and there's like spikes and explosions. Well, Bruce, Bruce, what? Guess what? Bruce, yeah. guess what else snakes do? What? Have babies. Yeah. So Guess what the babies eat, Tony? <laughs> Smaller rodents. That snake was on its way home from work. Harlan took it back out to the woods, kicked it out of his house, and now you've got all those babies in the walls that are just orphaned. That is, that's horrible. Sonny, you know snakes don't, they're all deadbeat dads. Like, I'm generalizing the entire species, but... <laughs> you've, got a, you've got a single mom snake living in your house. There's so many good jokes there that would end up in yes. litigation. Yes. Okay, but, but snakes are deadbeat everything like snakes don't socialize in any regard ever they don't like people they don't like other snakes they don't even like the same kind of snake they reproduce and then they leave this one seemed to like people i mean he came to check me out probably because i was warm but still yeah it's it's probably that well i mean you're an attorney a reptile recognizes another (laughs) (laughs) i didn't think about maybe you have to be snake Well, if you think if you think about it, though, if you want to talk about deadbeats, snakes actually perform a function. Dogs and cats that we keep as pets, those are the deadbeats. They they do absolutely nothing and wait for us to come home and feed them. That's true. He's not wrong, but they're pets because they're cute. There's no, there's no. As a good friend of mine always says, his rules on food are: it can't catch a frisbee and it can't have grown up in water. Wait, he doesn't eat fish? fish? No, he doesn't. But he is from Arkansas. Wait, so he eats cat? That he can nail down. So he's a cat? Well, he's Arkansas, so yeah, I guess well, maybe. Well, like I said. Yeah. Okay. Eat a cat, but he won't eat a fish. That's, that's uh, hmm. is, he, is he interested in, in, in another cat? <laughs> is he interested in a snake? No, you can't. Someone has several. Can't have the snake. You can have the cat, though. Hey, man, snake's good eating. Don't be hating it. Well, it's actually going to help me with with my mole hazard. The cat is worthless. I was just say, can a cat get or the snake's going to eat the cat, and it's going to be hilarity ensued. Maybe. Can't cats catch the moles? Also, why don't you just get you some cats, Harlan? I have a cat. My cat is worthless. She can't catch her shadow, although she tries all night long and knocks it over and wakes me up. Harlan's cat can't even catch the brown recluses in his wall. How's it going to catch a yeah. pool? Gah. Oh, yes. Now you're making me twitch. Ah, the animal. <laughs> snakes eat spiders, right? Sometimes? No. No? Definitely Depends not. Depends on the snake. Not like the little um, one. Uh, it would have to be a really, really tiny snake. Snakes normally only eat warm. Like a snake won't even eat a mouse that recently died. It has to be alive. I tried feeding my snake a mouse that had died of heat exhaustion on the way home, and it wouldn't eat it. How do you know it died of heat exhaustion? Because it was locked in my car when it was 90 degrees outside i went inside to the gas station and then i drove home and i took it out of the bag and it was dead (laughs) 
So I guess it could have had a tiny heart attack in the 30 minutes I drove it home. I don't know. The plastic shopping bag and uh, hair dryer basically finished that off. Well, I mean, it was like it was a brown paper bag, but yeah. Oh, boy. So what else exciting has been going on in your world, John? We haven't, uh, we haven't John had, like forever. all kind of stuff to say. God, like, I had also, I've had all sorts of Yahoo over the last month. Well, I think talk it's about been it. I'm sorry we're interrupting your golf game, but can you like? I, I'm, bo- I'm bowling now. Ah, oh, of course. <laughs> and I'm probably gonna have to plug my phone in, which means I have to get off my golden mic here shortly. However, um, so how about you bowl some smart ass comments before then? <laughs> you got it. Uh, so let me see here. A uh, couple, well, about a month ago, I received. Uh, part of what is called the red branch degrees and the uh, electronic degrees, which is pretty cool because it's all Irish based. Nick Johnson was there. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, Nick Johnson was there on the sidelines just staring at me the whole time like eh, just waiting for me to just start jumping up and down and peeing myself and I damn near did. Um, so that was pretty outstanding. It's all the the degree. The part of the degree that I saw is all based on Irish folklore and a particular uh, story of uh, Cahalan, uh Irish folk hero. And if anybody sees my Facebook page, that's my profile picture is a picture of Cahalan. It's been that way for a year. So let me see. There was that. I had a Masonic funeral for a very close friend. Uh, strangely enough, the person who was chose to officiate that funeral our grandmaster officiated it and then two days later dropped dead himself that's crazy which like was unforeseen over how crazy that is yeah mm-hmm. none of us can um so yeah our most worshipful grandmaster went to bed and apparently didn't wake up i'm not quite sure what the cause of that was I didn't dig down too far because there's questions you just don't want to ask if you're not close. Right. But yeah, it still sucks rocks. Um, let's see. The Tom fuckery that has been going on with Grand Commandery continues. Yeah, how's that going? We haven't had an update on that in a couple of months. Yeah, well, you haven't missed anything because I really haven't had an update on it either. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, That's... there has not been forward motion on it. Um. The grant, the national body does not want to get involved and still, and yeah. So still figuring that out. Our grant sessions at the end of June. So that just may end up being a fun mess. Do you want to, uh, do you want to invite Hodap on the show? So the story can get some real internet traction. Uh, I emailed him about it. He didn't jump, but yeah. Strange. about that. Figure he would be, uh, well, I don't know. It is the orc, right? Nobody actually cares about them, but. Well, that's kind of sad, but true. Um, I mean, it's not that they don't care. It's just when you hear some kind of chicanery coming out of that camp, and then it's, yeah. Yeah, it's, but I would love to have Hodap on the show, if nothing else, just to, like, digitally meet the guy, because I remember Ben in the same place as him at any given moment, and I really admire the guy. Very cool. He lives um, in Indiana, doesn't he? Yep. So there's a good reason you've never been in the same place. Well, yeah, because I wouldn't go to Indiana yeah. on a bet. Um, 
Nothing against the state of Indiana. I just have no reason. No, to it's go. everything against the state of Indiana. Yeah. See, I, 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 I don't Indiana. name them. See, you guys feel Indiana. you guys feel about Indiana like I do about Wisconsin. Maybe. No, I assure you. Uh, if that were the case, John, you would not still be near Wisconsin. That is true. Uh, I will give Wisconsin this three things: Harley Davidson's beer and cheese. After that, you people are functionally useless. They have the Packers. Um, shut up. <laughs> is, is, that a, is that a thing? I didn't. The cheese Packers. Oh, Packers. I thought you said hackers. No, the pack, the football team. Yeah. No, I got it. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Indiana has one saving grace. It's not Ohio. Well, that is true. <laughs> Occasionally follows uh, the Wolverines. I can appreciate that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so I've that's been, been all noticing. that foolery going on, and I've been made prelate of my commandery, which means I'm the chaplain, and had to do my first Easter observance last week. That was interesting, Johnny playing priest. <laughs> so you're the. The chaplain of your commandery? Yep. And I've actually been doing a lot of studying and research and talking to guys in the Apostolic Joanite Church and my research into Martinism and a few other things have certainly ramped up over the last month. Just kind of a weird just uh, unification of all these different streams. Martinism. Good pancakes. I have a drink. I have yeah. a drink. Wrong yeah. Martin. Oh. Tony. I'm a, yeah. wild, I'm a wild and crazy guy. Tony. Mm, I mean, I can't. Steve Martin is never the wrong Martin. Our lodge, our lodge, not too long ago, bestowed an honorary membership upon a, a member of the Prince Hall Grand Lodge, Tony is going to cause him to be the first honorary member to ever resend <laughs> that honor back to our lodge. He'll mail it back to you, C-O-D. <laughs> but why? So, I found this podcast. Uh, no, it's, it's not what you think. Uh, never mind, because that's what every insensitive thing I say <laughs> ends with. Is I didn't mean it like that. Yeah. And then I can tell them about all of my friends who are minorities and further dig the hole. Plus, how do I bear responsibility for this? Like, every time something awry happens on the show, people come for me. Do they, do they not know that, like, we... This is a joint effort? Yeah, well, I guess. What well, is when it's decision-making, but when consequences come. Yeah. <sighs> hey, Joey, is uh, Wisconsin really that bad? Yes. There's nothing redeeming. I will point out that one of the best lines in the movie Dogma, which is still one of my favorite flicks, Great they movie. talk about where the two rogue angels end up being sent to. And uh, the main character says, let me guess, they were sent to hell. And without missing a beat, Alan Rickman goes, worse. 
Wisconsin. <laughs> He's not far off the mark. Alan Rickman was the man. So I, I can love, listen to him read a phone book. I love how <laughs> look how Tony's so used to playing amateur basketball with the rest of us that like he, he's up with John and he just tries to do a layup. It's like nope, denied. Nope, denied. <laughs> <laughs> he just calls him Joey and John yeah, hears roll him. knows he's referring to me. I'm not even gonna bite. I'm just gonna roll. <laughs> yep. well, Really, I, I just hired a, a sales rep for up in Wisconsin, and we're getting ready to open up a couple locations up there. That's why I was wondering. So. Oh, wait a minute. No, no, no. It's Minnesota. Never mind. Never. It's Minnesota. I get Wisconsin and Minnesota messed up all the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the locations of our company or the uh, parent company? Just out of curiosity. The parent company. I'll be I'll be right back ah. on, guys. I gotta go uh, sing a lullaby to my little crotch goblin and put him to bed. Oh, crotch <laughs> <Roch> goblin. <laughs> so, I've been to been to Wisconsin once um, on a business trip. I went to Green Bay, and I have never been back. I thought you were gonna say on accident. <laughs> it was like eight <laughs> years ago, and I have avoided it ever since. Um, I, I've got nothing. Well, I, I, I've nothing bad to say, but nothing good. Just nothing. Well, Jeff, which is still better than Indiana. Yeah. Well, Jeff, speaking of Wisconsin, how's your BDs doing? Do what? How's your diabetes doing? How, how's your health? Is Wilford Brimley uh, from Wisconsin? <laughs> Nobody sounds like it. Um, it's doing good, actually. I've managed to keep my numbers where they belong and stuff. So, good deal. No sodas. That's that's been the biggest change I've made more than anything. Everything else is mostly portion control. No sodas. Do what? What are you? What are you drinking right now? Tea, unsweet tea, and water are the only two drinks I've had, with the exception of a couple of glasses of milk since. Uh, the day before I went into the hospital. Coffee, 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 coffee. I can't drink coffee without sugar. Blasphemy. I can't. Yeah. Sweet, sweet and low. You don't like it? Mm-mm. Drink no. coffee like baby Jesus intended. I've had a lot no of people sweet. recommend, uh, was it uh, Stevia? Stevia? Yeah. Is that it? Yeah. You know, sweet, sweet and low is what I prefer. It, uh, sweet and low was uh, developed by a brother. So, hmm. you mean the ancient Egyptian initiate who embalmed the dead? Yes. <laughs> what? Sweet and low is like the stuff they use on like the mummies in Egypt to dry out the body for mummification. I thought that was saccharin. Saccharin sounds more Egyptian. Isn't that what's in the sweet Saccharin is what um, Sweet and Low's made out of, but I don't think that's near. I, I know what you're talking about, and I can't think of what it's called, but it wasn't saccharin. Or you could try. Um, the word you're thinking of is salt. I think it was salt that they used to dry out the mummies. No, that's for meat. What are mummies? Mummies are meat. Mm, he's got you there. I don't know. I don't know if there's been any movies made of like 
you know, ham hawks rising up out of the pan and trying to kill everyone. Natron. Have you tried uh, vegetable glycerin? No. No. Who, me? What, uh, what? Yeah, vegetable glycerin. This stuff. Never heard of it. Hey, hey, can we talk about the uh, the cedar dinner? Talk about cedar what? Cedar cedar dinner. Cedar dinner. <sighs> sure. All, all jokes aside, seriously, all jokes aside. It's a little late for that. No, I found it to be very, very interesting because you go through and you talk about why why you eat the bitter herbs and why you have different things. Uh, of course, we had four kids running around. You couldn't; it was hard to pay attention. They were all they were the kids had a great time. Um, but the dinner itself, if you ever have a chance to go to a Jewish seder, a Passover dinner, uh, take that chance because it was it was really interesting. And that's no jokes. That's it. Really was. Oh, uh, and, and it's not being funny, but it is kind of like a drinking game. You talk about the bondage in Egypt. Now, drink your glass of wine. Now, you talk about this. Now, drink your glass of wine. So, we did go through a half a gallon or about a gallon of Mogan David. Yes. I, I didn't actually know that they sold it in that quantity until I went to pick up wine for this dinner and... I was like, wait, is that a gallon jug? Like a glass jug of Morgan David wine? <laughs> and it was only like $14 for this gallon jug. But you get what you pay for, and I'm not a big fan of that stuff. But Does does the wine, is there Jewish wines or kosher wines? Or can yes. you just any wine? With no, any wine no, no. There's, there's kosher wine. Like Morgan David is... Is one of the cliche kosher wines because you can find it everywhere. Uh, Manischewitz, and then there's a whole bunch of other ones, but they're harder to find depending on where you live. So you couldn't have a Seder with like Mad Dog 2020 or no? No, no. <laughs> so kosher, kosher food is is everything is kosher unless you're dealing with meat or wine. That's where all the the rules come in. Or bread. So what you're saying is you can have a Seder with some whiskey. Yes. Well, no. It depends on the whiskey. So a Seder is different because you don't have chametz. Like there's no when, – when yeast and grains are mixed together, it's probably not going to work. Um, so beer is definitely out for Passover. Um, most whiskeys are, are out. But like vodka or – certain wines or any wine tequila tequila would be fine um you just it, it's grains with yeast is is what passovers forbidding so yeast without grains such as wine or most liquors that aren't made with like rye or wheat are okay um wine however is the the one thing that's not so like when it's not passover and you don't have the whole yeast grain thing going on. So like the rest of the year, any liquor, any beer, any of that's fine unless it's wine. Wine is the only thing that has to be special to be kosher. Um, any kind of fermented fruit. So not all beer is kosher if it has fruit in it. Hmm. And the only thing that makes wine kosher is that it has to be made by a Jew. Um, 
the reason for that is in ancient times, you had winemakers who distributed their stuff around and you, you're surrounded by pagans and wine is used in religious rituals for not just Jews or Catholics, but just about every religion save, well, maybe save Islam and Mormonism. So the only way to make sure that the wine that you were drinking wasn't made or purchased to be used in some type of pagan ritual was to only buy it from Jews. Um, but that's it. Mostly kosher laws are about meat. Where do Catholics use wine at? Everywhere they right mass. Mass. <laughs> at mass, uh, dinner, breakfast, yeah, perhaps. oh, communion, midnight okay, snacks. Yeah, it's it's um no, that's, that's beer, fish fries, <laughs> wine. Wine is for mass. Beer is for everything else. Any 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 time we're not asleep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I tried telling you guys when you were here. Um, that there's Jews and Catholics have a lot more in common than than we like to tell ourselves. <laughs> like you take out that the the whole Jesus thing, and they're almost the same for all practical purposes. <laughs> there's a there's a lot of alcohol. There's a lot of ritualized calendar days. There's a lot of family gatherings where people are reciting things and people try to stay awake so then they can drink more. It's similar in a lot of ways. There's the belief that Jesus is our God and Savior. I said what? It, it, for the, the Jesus thing. But Jeff? Did Jeff say that? No. Uh-huh. Jeff, uh, no? No, Jeff, Jeff wouldn't mix up the Catholic Jesus with the Baptist Jesus. They are two completely <laughs> different Jesuses. Yeah, but he would only not do that so as to not offend Tony. There's only one Jesus. I don't know. Um, he's white. He's got. I, I don't know. Have you not been to Home Depot? There's like six of them. Uh, <laughs> All right, guys, we really got to tone down the off-color racial thing. <laughs> yeah, I think we went a little bit off the rails here. <laughs> so. Oh no! That was I was going somewhere. I just found left and I lost it. I started <laughs> off. Welcome. I really did read that article today about the Muslim Mason, and it actually made me kind of proud because Masonry is not a religion. We all have our own religion, um, and it, we should all be able to still be good men, regardless of what our private beliefs are. So, huh? Mm-hmm. Harlan, what are your thoughts on that? I see you over there trying to bite your tongue. Uh, well, because so earlier today I I was reading I a point reading, out more than one occasion you've argued the opposite. I was reading a um, yeah, <laughs> reading a piece from a from a jihadist magazine um, about why we hate you and why we fight you, and one of the um, one of the recurring themes is how Westerners blaspheme one of the Muslim prophets, um, Jesus, uh, by equating him with Allah, and that alone deserves our our immediate death. 
But I figured it was bad timing to bring that up while Tony's talking about the Muslim guy. And that's why I was biting my tongue. And then Bruce had to pull it out. Mm. Um, that leads me. To, that, that that does lead me to a question, though, Harlan. Why do I read the hottest magazines? Uh, yeah, the, yeah. The FBI is wanting to want me to ask you that. Ooh, uh, that you know, your son. Let's go with that. Of, your son had a lot of comments when he came over about my bookshelf because I I actually happen to have the Communist Manifesto and a couple of other works by Marx sitting next to Ayn Rand's on my bookshelf. I read a lot of things. Including jihadist magazines. Yeah, tell it to the judge. I, I can't. I don't get to talk to the judge. I'm going to be gagged and then gag ordered and then in a secret court and then off to Cuba. Tony, you know that's kind of literally his job, right? What's that? To read? To tell it to the judge. Oh. And to read, but yes. Oh. Also to tell it to the judge. What, but you don't get to talk to the judge about this stuff. Just, With what you just said, though, um, that Muslim, the, the Islam religion is mad because... I didn't say that. Wait. I said jihadists. Jihadists. Okay, well... Don't, don't try to put words in my mouth. Jihadists are mad because we equate Jesus with God. Well, Jewish people do not proclaim J Jesus as anything more than maybe a prophet, a matter no. of prophet. No? Not even a prophet, man. Just no. In my books, I read that's what you all calling. Um, so, so shouldn't shouldn't the what books are these? Shouldn't the jihadists what books do you read, Tony? Shouldn't the my school <laughs> brochures? Oh, the, the thing the, you got from the mess pamphlets. Got yeah, his uh, messy pamphlet. They hand uh, out in the airports. My chick magnets or mag magazines. <laughs> The, Jack Chick Tracks. Yeah, Chick Tracks. Um, Chick Tracks. Oh, any, anyway. Wow, I came back at perfect time. If that's true, shouldn't the jihadists pair up with the Jewish people against the Christians? No. Because they neither one claim the, um, no, the, the holiness or the... Because because we're like denying his prophetness, and you guys are denying his not Allahness, and no, we're all we're all just messing up in the uh, in the jihadist playbook. Okay, let's figure you guys <laughs> align more. So. No, so we do when it comes to monotheism and denial of the Trinity. Um, that's where Jews and Muslims definitely get on the same page. Um, the Jesus thing's not one of those same page areas. Hey, John, on a scale of one to ten, how important is your Jesus? <laughs> I like my Jesus with a side of bacon. Um, <laughs> I don't know. You're talking. You're talking to a Gnostic, so that's kind of a loaded question for me. So, Ooh. one thing. One thing that I did find rude about the Seder. Your Christos, then. Mm -hmm, there you go. Yes. One thing I found rude about the Seder was the funny looks you gave me when I showed up because I brought the ham. And <laughs> I thought that I was doing a nice thing. Happy Easter, guys. <laughs> Happy Easter. He's over here confusing my poor daughter when she's like trying to tell him about about the holidays. And then he was like, so you have you have Passover and then Ramadan. And then she's like, what, what's Ramadan? And I'm like, oh, Tony, 
Tell me she doesn't get it. We were uh, talking about the high Jewish holidays, and it's Hanukkah, Passover, and Ramadan, right? Perfect. Yeah, yeah. She was so confused. And then she's like, Daddy, what's Ramadan? My Uncle Tony's just being funny. Uh, but John, you, you did get uh, plausible deniability for uh, for all of our after lodge banter that might get us into trouble. So I'm, I'm, I'm suddenly feeling yeah. blessed. You'd be like, I wasn't there. I had to go put my kid to bed. I don't know. Uh, while you were gone, we talked about um, Tony's insensitivity toward uh, some of our honorary members. Um, yeah, okay. Why Why Harlan reads Jihadist magazines. That part I caught up with. I heard, I yeah. heard that, and I'm wondering how many watch lists you are on now. And then Bruce, uh, something about Bruce's Jesus being different from Tony's Jesus because Martin Luther... Not not the latter, but the earlier. The constipated monk with a hammer yeah. and a yes. yeah. Um, he said that our Jesus is different from your Jesus, and then I mean we gotta well, have he would about right. <laughs> so that's what happened: is people naturally need to divide themselves into into camps and hate each other. It's like part of the human condition: Republicans and Democrats, blah blah blah. But but in, in Martin Luther's era, Bruce's people had fully taken over everything. So there wasn't another camp to hate. So Martin Luther was doing Europe a favor by creating Pro- Protestantism so that people could have someone to hate again. Hmm. I never thought about it that way. You're welcome. It was, it was yeah, there was a monopoly and you know, I, we can all be in the same well, group. Yeah, okay, except I will I would also point out that Jan Hus came about a hundred years before Martin Luther, but well, well, nobody, no, that's the point. nobody pays attention to the Czech kids. But 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 that's the point is then he got quashed and then and then it was all it was all Roman again. And so somebody had to come along and and you gotta have two camps. People can't be all in the same camp. It's not the human condition. I buy that. Martin why did Martin Luther gain traction and not the other guy? Because uh, right about the same time that Martin Luther was starting his whole shtick or spiel. That Gutenberg guy's novel yep, idea started the, getting around. The whole printing press thing yep. came to be kind of hip. And uh, yeah. Yeah, they weren't printing stuff when Neon was uh, prophesizing against the church. I'm so confused. So what does Police Academy have to do with this? <laughs> I, I, uh, sound effects? <laughs> Come on, Arlen. Do it. Nothing, Tony. The Police Academy has nothing to do with anything. <laughs> You're talking like the movie or like the actual, like... No, Gutenberg, Steve Gutenberg played in all the Police Academy movies, didn't he? That, that, that is true. Apparently, he ran a, uh, a sign shop on the side and uh, made friends with monks with bowel problems. And uh, they started printing out, uh, you know, multiple theses about, what, 99 of them? Multiple theses? I thought you said he was constipated. You know, the- <laughs> theses, T. Oh, <laughs> I'm a thespian. You're a dude. And, One and, of my. Oh yeah. 
So one of my favorite parts of After Lodge banter, like the real kind and on the podcast, is how frequently we do this like subjective satire about <clears throat> random things. And then there's so many guys who get the joke. <laughs> like how many of these puns have you made in like your daily social acquaintances would just get these confused blank states? Right. <laughs> ah. I love the craft. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, if I was at Lodge and we love were you too, brother, <laughs> there would be a whole bunch of blank stares, and some guys getting real angry, but not knowing why. So I, I don't want to say that, like you know, masonry's perfect in that regard. But at least you can find men with a shared sense of humor. Until Tony shows up wearing blackface, and then. <laughs> Yeah, once Al Jolson shows up, all bets are off. Oh, that, that's actually one thing I like. You make a good point, though. In masonry, because of what we have to learn and the the study and that type of stuff, I think it does raise your educational level to the people that embrace it. And so, uh, as a population, we may actually con converse on a, about a sixth grade level. But when you go to the lodge, you can actually talk to people on more of a, you know, yeah. and, they, and, they, and they get the inside joke. We, they get those type of things. We, we discuss 12th grade topics with 6th grade humor. Right, right. That's what I enjoy. You can make middle school jokes about college subjects. We have very nuanced dick and fart jokes. <laughs> we, are, we are sophisticated frat boys. Waka waka. I mean, that's not even funny. It's just true. That's, yeah, I mean, that's that's, that's honest. <laughs> that's half um, our audience is just like shaking their heads right now, like, yeah, yeah, that's that, yeah, that's it. And the other two guys don't get it. Well, <laughs> I, said, I said frat boys. <laughs> Have you ever been by Greek Row when there's like always the those couples sitting on the steps that look confused? Like the the dudes? Well, I, there's a there's probably a reason they look confused and sitting by each other. They they might be. Oh, different uh, kind of confusion. I'm sorry. Never mind. I don't have a lot of love for the Greeks. <laughs> the fraternities, not the people. You know, I got that impression. Um, I don't know why I'm thinking of Robin Williams in Good Morning Vietnam because he never said anything about the... Well, no, he did have those jokes about the, the women while he was in Greece, didn't he? Yeah. Yes. Speaking of Robin Williams, you guys know there's a new Aladdin movie coming out at the end of this month. Uh, make it stop. And you know who they chose to fill yes. the unfillable shoes of Sir Robin Williams? Who? Yeah. Who? Will Smith? Yep. Uh -huh. Here come the men in lamps. <laughs> so, <laughs> wow. The Fresh Prince of Baghdad? What? Yeah. I'm, I'm actually, like, I'm excited. And now I have a kid, so I have an excuse to, like, go see this movie and not feel as weird. Um but I'm afraid I'm going to be disappointed because I'm just going to think of Robin Williams and no one's ever going to measure up. 
Yeah, that makes me uh, very sad that they would do that kind of chicanery. That's kind of like Blues Brother 2 without Jim Belushi. You, oh, yeah, God, it's yeah. Just not, yeah, it's not nowhere. John there. Belushi, yeah. you pikey. <laughs> I fell for it that time. Well, I got you. Son of a bitch. Tony always gets his mark done. I should have known better. He keeps adjusting fire until he finds finds the, the chink in the wall and then <laughs> brings it down. Uh, I should have known better. He's uh there's yet to be an initiate of our lodge that he hasn't broken. It's it's part <laughs> of our test of initiation. Nice. Sometimes you were getting you were getting uncomfortable because you said it was racist talk. I don't really look at it that way. I think if we could all joke with each other, you know, I like mayonnaise. I, I, I like mayonnaise on hot dog sandwiches. He also stuff. likes mustard on potatoes. Where are we going with this? <laughs> that, that, that I am a stereotype. I love all the stuff that typical old white men like, okay? Hot uh, dog except, sandwiches. Except for little boys. <laughs> No, I'm sorry. That's Catholic. Um, I'm not Catholic. Um, but, nice. But no, I, and, and no, there are different stereotypes. There's all this, and 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 when people of different races or religions get together and we tiptoe around everything, then we don't really get to know each other. I think it's better to tease and jokey with with people back and forth. And and for some people, it makes them very very uncomfortable, especially if you're the third party watching say a white guy and a Mexican go with each other or whatever, when they're really good friends. So I, I, I think that's the way to break the ice. Well, we've said before on the show that it's a, uh, it's a classic American thing. And you can tell who's, who's actually broadly accepted in American society and who isn't just by watching the nightly sitcoms. Or, or just the nightly comedians, like the live ones. Um, the people who get made fun of the hardest are, like, broadly accepted Americans. The people that everyone are afraid to make fun of, that's, that's usually a sign that your group isn't socially accepted. Because yeah, we make fun that. of people that we're comfortable with. Mm-hmm. True. Um, yeah, so... When people make fun of uh, Democratic caucus nominees and then get shot down and crucified, read into that what you will. Hmm. Are you a Bernie? Are you a Bernie, bro? No. 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 He's a Sander Bander. No, although <laughs> you missed you missed all of that on the pre-show, so I have to cover that later. I can't go into it on the air, but uh, I will be spend, spending a uh, well, our next major local event with prominent Democrat Party officials being all muckety mucked. So, Ikipu. it's a long story how that came to be, uh, but uh, I'll be going to spend the day with those people uh, law school acquaintances from back in the day got me the the hookup oh okay 
Yeah. Um, You're not talking about your local council person, are you? Not mine anymore. <laughs> she didn't start all of her her chicanery till after I left. Yeah, you know that's true. We currently have a council person that just had to resign because she stole forty dollars from a charity fish fry. <laughs> really? We allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. We had a. Uh, we we currently have the third mayor in a row that is being accused of sexual improprieties. <laughs> being accused. Uh, hold on. Uh, are, are you talking in after Lodge Town or the big town a little north? The big town a little south. The big town a little. Oh. South. Okay. It's after Lodge Town, for all practical purposes. Um. Yes, it is the third to be accused. In such a way, all suspects are innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. Uh huh. Even when there's video camera footage, because um, <laughs> that's hearsay or hear see, hear saw. Oh. Yes. <laughs> camera footage is hear saw. Hear saw. You southern boys. <laughs> Where the language? But, uh, but I'm so confused because one one of the. Yeah persons is a uh, Democrat and the other person's a Republican. It's getting to where you can't trust anybody anymore. There, there probably ought to be a third party. <laughs> there, you there's got to start a third party of people that just believe in like freedom and I was thinking the same People that believe thing in liberty. Liberty, yeah. I was thinking the same thing the other day. But what would we you call probably, them? We should probably use use liberty in the title somewhere. Libertines? I was thinking, no, that's I was thinking uh, what's, what's that guy that ran for president last time that was in that they started a party and then it fell apart? R Ross Perot. No, 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 no. That was before. This one was the the. It's not the Constitutional Party. It was um. Uh, was it Gary Johnson? No, no, no. You ruined my joke, Tony. Oh, I'm sorry. Mostly because I had a mostly because I had a brain fart. Um, I really can't remember. <laughs> What's that guy's name? The Texas guy. Uh, I've got to look it up now. Give me a, a year. Let me think so. Ted Cruz. Beto. Danny Boone. Uh, Davy Crockett. Uh, Dewey. No, there was a. He, he shows up as other because he wasn't even on the ballot everywhere. Oh, never mind. You know what's bad when you, you, know you know it's bad when you can't even Google it. He must have really yeah. fell apart. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was funny when it happened. Like at the time, I'm like, "Who is this guy? And what are they doing? What names?" Are you thinking of the guy in Utah that ran and like Rocky DeFuente of the Reform Party? Evan McMullen. No, he was an independent. You're, you're, you're thinking of Rocky De La Fuente? The Reform Party? No. No, the Reform Party's been dead since Perot. Well, he ran. Or wait, Reform. Perot wasn't Reform. He was the Independence Party, wasn't he? Mm. Tony, you were uh, not a baby back then. Tony, you were voting for Perot back then. No, I was too young. <laughs> Got it. I was, man. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, 
Tony, I I was voting in that election. Oh, Barely. I'm 55 years old. So how old are you, John? 43. Okay. Maybe it was just before I started voting. Tony, you're only 30 years younger than Ross Perot. Are you kidding me? Oh. <laughs> no, I'm not. Oh, that's what the, the Veterans Party. That's what yeah. it was. Chris what? Kennison with the Veterans Party. Okay. Except now that I had to look it up, I forgot what was funny about it. <laughs> oh, right. Political party that, that's all about liberty, and then I was going to go on the Republican byline, but now it's not funny anymore. Right. Hey, look, a dead horse. Yep, yep. <laughs> we beat a lot of deceased horses on this show. <laughs> Among other things. Um, snakes? Yes, snakes. we beat a lot of snakes. Did you say uh, feed or beat? We beat. We, we raise a lot of Dudes. microphone stands and flick a lot of wrists. What? Raise a lot of dudes. Really, I feel like John should be fielding this part because that dude has like 73 metaphors for masturbation. I, I, he, he's, he, I, I've I think heard I have more, but... more that I've never even heard of in my, in my 34 years of being a guy. You know, my favorite is still roughing up the suspect, but that's just from my previous. 100 years from now, the Scottish Rite Research Society is going to be peddling some leather bound tomb, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to be like Master Baetica, the work <laughs> of uh, Sir John. <laughs> and it's, it's just a bound tomb of every combination of English words. That could Master Baetica Britannica. Yeah. <laughs> it's a gift. It's not a useful one, but it's a gift. Well, I wonder how much of like, how much of the Masonic literature that we revere today, um, in its time when it was being written and revised, like you know that those guys brothers at the time gave them just as much hell as we give each other about this stuff. Like probably um, and then they never would have thought that 200 years later, Masons would be, you know, reading their stuff and basing entire branches of the fraternity off of it. That's how cults get started. Probably not wrong. That's that's possible. Think there'll be a Mason cult in like 100 years after we're dead? Like it'll be a the After Lodge Davidians somewhere. <laughs> hey, serious topic here. Somebody define the word esoterica to me. Esoterica define is the word a what? title. It's not a word, it's a title of a book. That okay. one right there. Esoteric. Yeah. Oh. Esoteric. Define that. Esoteric just means hidden. Something you have to dig for. Not face value, not surface meaning. What lies beneath. Is that a good enough definition, John? Because I feel no, like that sounds about right. As somebody who's been delving into that pretty heavily there, the last handful of weeks, some kind of context you want it defined in, Tony? Because I mean, when I, when I was at the the cider dinner, 
I mentioned the fact that <clears throat> I thought a lot of this was very esoteric. Yeah, Harlan, but you didn't know what it meant. And you made the comment. <laughs> well, I thought I did, but then Harlan made the comment, no, this is the opposite of esoteric. Yeah, it's, it's like 100% the opposite. But if it means to dig deeper to find out more meaning, it sounds to me like it's the same. So the think more along the lines of unknown. The retelling thing has been known for. I see where Tony's going, but in the in the context that you said that was was during the retelling, where you're you're telling the story of Passover as it's alleged to have happened. That that is the opposite of esoteric. Now, if we got into like the cabalistic meaning of different passages and characters in that story, that would be the esoteric part. Just telling the story on its face is that's quite literally the opposite. Kind of like when we when we do the 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 temple portion of the third degree, most people don't. That's not esoteric at all when you're doing it, because you're presenting something on its face. The esoteric, the esoteric's all the stuff that doesn't get said, that you have to think about and and kind of pull out on your own. So the all those big lectures that we all do and the different ritual parts and so on, those are the exo. Eric, I think is the word. If not, I just made it up. Yes. Um, right. Those are, yeah, that's exoteric. Esoteric is the unspoken undertones. I can't appreciate the fact that even though he is wee bowling, John immediately had that book within reach. Yeah. <laughs> Other than me, I would have I'm had prepared. Because um, my book is no longer within yeah, got it. reach. I'm going to have to move my desk. Evidently, I'm the only guy in this group that basically just read the crib notes to get through college. <laughs> so, no, I went, to, I went to school for law enforcement. Don't worry. There wasn't any crib notes. We just kind of drilled on our shit and left. But you guys like I, I used the crib notes. notes to get through high school and forgot they existed when I got to college. <laughs> what are crib notes? Like I enjoyed learning cheat sheets. I thought you, I was thinking like Cliff Notes. Yeah. Same thing. But this is what Cliff Notes were before Cliff's Notes were. Cliff's Notes were are the legally printed version of, of uh, Crib Notes. I've crib never notes. heard of Crib Notes in yeah. my really? entire life. Like, I'm not, even, I'm not even kidding. That is the first time I've ever heard that phrase. That's I'm an actual thing. You never, I, well, I think, uh, was it uh, Crib Sheets is showing what I usually hear. Pro age. I, a cliff notes I'm familiar with, but no. Cliff, cliff notes, notes is, is a brand name. Yeah. Cliff notes are crib notes. Yeah. Interesting. So where do the four dummies books fall in? Because I read a lot of those. Um, that, would, that would actually be like cliff notes as far as the dummy books, wouldn't it? Just condensed knowledge, I guess. Yeah, it's abridged summaries. I don't know. It's the reader's I, I'm, I'm looking over at three of them right now, trying to figure well, out. Well, I was thinking like cheating your you way have through, one for esoterica. Cheating your way through college, a, a very large portion of my time in undergrad was just was just the dummies books. Like 
there were a few courses I didn't even buy the actual textbook for. I just got the whatever subject for dummies. It usually worked for the gen eds. Yeah, well, those are the ones I'm talking about. All the humanities and uh, any class that goes with a with an arts degree, uh, I just got those. But those aren't by the Cliff Notes people. Those are different people. I, I don't know. Now I'm gonna have to look look at this. What is this crib note thing I've been missing? Maybe they they have some the band aid of crib notes. Maybe they have some for the rules of evidence, and I cannot <laughs> not hate my life as much as I do right now. Oh, I've got a uh, major evidence suppression fight going on right now, John, and I haven't felt this this ignorant or incapable since like the first semester of law school. It is a very uncomfortable feeling for me. Oof. I, I'm a big fan of like fake it till you make it and pretend you're the smartest guy in the room, but I'm really struggling right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, especially because the prosecutor I'm about to go toe to toe with is like a 30 year veteran. And most of that was as the public advocate. And so she knows everything that I could possibly try and, and whatever angle I'm going Woman, at. You already got three strikes against you. Yeah, I know. No, I'm going to – this is going to be ugly. I've been pouring through every book that I can get my hands on, and I'm – need to know the case. It, I feel like it's – I feel like it's like playing chess with Bruce. Or <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll, well, uh, maybe she'll spot you a queen. Oh, yeah, John's on here to talk about yeah. that. Oh, we, yeah, we, absolutely. We, we talked about that last show, uh, John. Harlan and I are potentially going to play some chess in the future. Maybe a special episode or something. Yeah, bend over, Harlan. <laughs> I thought I was marginally capable. Turns out I was uh, completely wrong. Yeah. You know, everybody says that, but everybody who's told me that is people from Lodge. And, like, no offense to my brethren from Lodge, but everyone in my Lodge sucks at chess. So... <laughs> uh, uh, excuse me. Excuse me. I was the eighth grade chess champion in in chess club. Just, just hey, me too. And and uh, I believe Bruce beat me pretty bad. So Tony didn't. I was playing Tony. I'm going to be honest. Didn't Jason beat you a few times? Yes. Okay. I said what I said. Hey, Tony, if if you want to play me, <laughs> you're you're guaranteed to win. So. I don't. So I don't actually know if Bruce is like some kind of chess prodigy because everybody who says he's going to mop the floor with me is, well. I mean, I'm really not. I, I might have been when I was 14, but I haven't gotten any better since then. Okay, that's the humble brag if I've ever heard one. Not only did I just beat you, but I just beat you with my 14-year-old brain. <laughs> oh, no, I was definitely better then than I am now. Oh, that's even worse. I was better at everything. Brain. Just throw salt in a wound, Bruce. For sex. And for the record, I didn't say I went to a good school. So the fact that I was a chess champion didn't mean a whole lot. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't. So we weren't able to be in the chess club and the academic team at the same time because, you know, you had to pick one or the other. So I didn't do chess in school. Do they even still have clubs in school like that? I don't know. I will be finding out soon enough. 
I've already got a list of demands from my daughter's new school for next year. Ugh. When when did when did parents have to start supplying like all the classroom stuff? When we were in school. Really? Yes. I I don't I remember, remember this. I remember that if you gave so many rolls of toilet paper and paper towels, you got extra credit. So I got sure. all the kids extra credit. And I thought it was a crock. Because if you couldn't afford to pay for all that stuff, then your kid automatically didn't get extra credit. So you started in the hole. I don't know. I guess I just assume she's going to public school, and I live in a the district with the highest school tax rate in the state. I wasn't expecting to have to outfit the classroom. <laughs> Uh, I feel like all the kids feel that way, but I mean, they all do it, right? Yeah. I don't think the kids care. Kids use a lot of toilet paper and and tissues and all that. Like yeah. that's part of being a kid. Well, no, yeah. I, I didn't yeah, have to do I... this in her preschool. Like she went to a private preschool, and all I had to send was her and a check. I got the feeling, though, for the amount of supplies that they required for my kids to bring at the beginning of the school year. Well, they're scalping them on Amazon. Exactly. I think my teacher, my kids' teachers had a black market or something. They were selling paper towels and toilet paper on the black market. That's why Amazon has all those deals right around the beginning of school. Here I thought it was like clearance from the back-to-school sales, but really it's... The teachers catching the backside of that racket. Where, where do all the teachers keep all that stuff at the beginning of the year so that they'll have it in May of next year? Amazon distribution warehouse. Figure that out. You know, you like pack that stuff and they'll store it for you until it ships. Has anybody figured out how Amazon makes? So money? basically, you give your money to Amazon and then you tell them to not ship you the product for a half a year. No, they're selling it to other people. Poor idea. Money. Say again? They're they're selling it to other people and pocketing the money. And then the kids are like out of toilet paper in the second week. And then they're like, oh, your parents should send more toilet paper. Hmm. Makes so much sense. They probably like encourage the kids' parents not to tell all the other parents how much toilet paper they gave. So that secretly the teachers have, you know, a lifetime supply of toilet paper. And then to all their kids' faces, they're like, well, there are only three kids who brought in toilet paper this year. So I guess we're not going to get two squares this week. Make them count. I'm not going to say names. And why do you have to have the 64 crayon box? <laughs> you use five colors out of that box. There's no reason. I, you know, you say I that, had 16 but... one year and I felt special. Yeah, I was, I was never the 64 crayon kid. I was always the eight. My daughter has one of those giant boxes of crayons, and you need that giant box because she got to use like five colors out of it before her brother ate the rest. Hmm. So. Yeah, yeah, but I bet you. Uh, it is the, the real elites weren't the ones that had the big boxes. They were the ones that had the sharpeners in the yeah. box. Mm. Ooh. Ooh, that's class warfare from way back. Yeah, those didn't come out for a few years later. I remember the first year I saw those. It blew my eight-year-old mind. Oh, bring that back. And then the, the the people that had, like, the fancy pencil boxes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They had the colored pencils. Hated those kids. And the crayons. I'm like, really? 
What we instituted we instituted like school uniforms so that kids wouldn't be able to make fun of each other for who had like the poor clothes. So then they just did it with pencil boxes and crayon sharpeners and everything else. Arlen, I bet you you had the fanciest pocket protector in the whole school, didn't you? No. <laughs> no, believe it or not, Tony, um, in my school years, I was... You used to be cool. Is that what you're going to tell us? I used to be cool. No, quite the opposite. Um, I So in middle school, I, I used to have hair that was like down to my shoulders, that like I parted in the middle and it oh, wow. like this. And I pretended that I knew how to ride a skateboard and it was... Eh. Mm -mm. Those are bad times. I think I've successfully managed to burn every picture that anybody ever took from that era of my life. But they had not yet made a Cliff Notes version of how to ride a skateboard, so Harlan just had to pretend. No, I did. I did about as well as the other middle school schmucks. Um, we all thought we were Tony Hawk at the time. I hated kids like you in school. Yeah, me too. Listening, listening to really bad British music because, you know, we were different and sophisticated. And that's. Eh. It was an embarrassing chapter. Then I went to high school and got into ROTC and they shaved my head and then I turned into the prude that you all know and love. Then you didn't have to pretend to be fun because you weren't allowed to be anymore. Right, right. That, that was actually a really good fit for you. I found myself. Oh, man, that's perfect. Uh, I was the kid that always I had the long hair, too, down to my shoulders. And I, I I've seen that picture, Tony. Yeah, I, I always had to pretend like I liked Ozzy Osbourne and Megadeth and all that. And what I was really into was like Barry Manilow and John Denver. So, <laughs> yeah, I was into disco. So, well, staying alive, staying alive. You in some platform shoes? Mm -mm. Yeah, and the <laughs> white collars, the silk shirts. Yeah, I was, I was not at the Roxbury all over, buddy. <laughs> I believe it. He still dresses the same. <laughs> Just hey, don't wear colors. They will come back in style. Keep your old clothes. They'll come back in style. You know, I'm starting to see that. Like, there's been this trend in shirts. If if you've been noticing, where we went from like, you know, I'm obviously not with the times because I never am, but I've had the same clothes. 15 years um this these collars like used to be the thing you saw everywhere like the tennis collars that buttoned down and then that went away to like the loose ones and then now like the cut here like keeps getting wider and longer and so i i forecast tony in like five to ten years the style will be those like giant lapel size collars <laughs> on people's shirts again um because fashion i guess goes in cycles I think bell bottoms have come and gone like three times since the seventies. Don't worry, Harlan. The shirt you are currently wearing wearing will never be in fashion. Uh, <laughs> well, no, it's not supposed to be in fashion. This is this is hipster garb. Like you guys wouldn't understand with my huh. and my beard and my flannel. <sighs> nice defense. <clears throat> yeah, I, uh, I I sometimes drink my coffee out of a mason jar. Um, but they're all in the dishwasher, so I have this one. Um, oh, and uh, and smoking a pipe, 
right. Uh, I have I have all the hipster accoutrements. He doesn't enjoy any of them, but he does have them. Yeah. Well, you wouldn't understand. It's uh. Well, no. It's no. It's, I'm not cool enough. Like, I'm not hip. Yeah. The farthest mm -hmm. thing from him. Wouldn't get it. So I will be. The problem is, this shirt predated the 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 lumber sexual look. <laughs> And I've just always had it, and then my wife starts making fun of me because she she does this every time I'm doing something that the hipsters start doing. But you can't say, wait a minute, I was doing that, and then she looks at you and says, before it was cool? Hmm. No. But it's a lie. You know. You've seen my closet. The shirt was in it 15 years ago. Yeah. I feel like you have 20 of those shirts just in different shades. Um, no, not in this pattern, but yeah, I mean, I, my, my typical, I don't have a lot of variety in my fashion, Bruce, you know this, it's all collared button down shirts and then either jeans or slacks, a couple jackets. That's, that's my entire I seen you wear jeans once. Yeah. It's my entire wardrobe. Um, I told Donna today that I had to get a new t-shirt. Talk about you have a T-shirt older than Bruce and I. Well, I'm I'm getting a new T-shirt because uh, my old one uh, on the back of it. It's gonna. I told her to make me one up. It's gonna say I am not the fair director. Harlan is, and then have your phone number again. So no one, no one, <laughs> no one at that fair is gonna think you're the fair director this time. Um, okay. Because all that this fair is is confusion, chaos, and fear at the moment. So <laughs> oh, it's gonna be ugly. Well, considering that we are approximately 28% of our way to budget um, about a month and a half before the event, yeah, it's going to be glorious. It's already May. Oh, we're so screwed. Well, we were much closer until our other, you know, flagship sponsor backed out. So Thanks, Nipples. That was 25. Oh, no, it's a, Nipples messing up the other fair. <laughs> okay. First of all, Harlan Nipples is messing up everything. Yeah. No, that was twenty five percent of of our budget that just vanished last week unexpectedly. So, yeah. Mm. I'm I'm hiding my panic because I don't want the guys at Lodge to uh, be infected with it because nobody's going to be well served if we're all freaking out. So I have to put on a on a a brave face and tell everybody everything's going to be okay. We have this well in hand. I go through this spiel about we get concerned every year and it always works out. And I wish there was someone to reassure me after everyone leaves. Yeah, it's going to be a crap show. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can say there's going to be a ton of people. Um, whether or not we're going to make any money or, you know, clean out the social club. Well, that remains to be seen. I'm going to have to buy a sponsorship again. This is what happened last year. To make the budget work, i got to start throwing in my own money. Tony, how come your company never sponsors this? Because we're a distributor and nobody's ever heard of our company's name. We're not the yeah. final. But don't you employ people in the area and you want them to have a nice event and be a good steward of your community? 
Actually, most of the Tony people, is the I, only I'm, one that lives in the community. I'm the only one that lives here. Everybody else lives somewhere else. You know what? You're just like you just use us as a claw. <laughs> Tony, just say because advertising <laughs> would not do you all any good. Not this guy, anyway. That right. too. Right. You're all just right. like those shipping companies. Harlan, it's time. Is it time? It is. It is time. It's well, no, I mean, it was time like 20 minutes ago, but now it's it's definitely time. I figured it, the gig was up when John just disconnected on us. Yeah, I don't know what was up with it. The first time he said he was going to have to charge his phone, so I'm assuming that first time maybe his uh, his just, battery crapped out. But I just figured he was done with us. He only had enough for either us or his opponent in Wee Bowling, and he made his choice. I'm done with you guys. Now we have to live with it. All right. Well, this is the end of 220 something of the After Lodge podcast. You can find the show notes for this and uh, previously published and maybe subsequently published episodes at www.afterlodge.com. You can find us on Facebook or Twitter at After Lodge. Shoot us an email at afterlodge at gmail.com. Hang out with us on IRC at irc.snoonet.org. Pound sign, Freemasonry. And, of course, the sometimes best place to find us is on the Freemasonry and After Lodge subreddits. One of us will occasionally get on Reddit once in a while. So get on Reddit, talk to us, and we'll see you next week, brothers. Later. Later. Later.